Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Well, we'll just have to have faith that it's all going to go the way we want it to go. It will. How are you? Thanks for the time. I know you're busy and you were up late last night at the marathon session down in Niagara Falls City Council, so... Right, and out drinking after that. Did you? Oh, did you go yeah. out with the crew? I did. Where did they go after? We went to Clancy's. It was the only place that would open the kitchen. We were hungry. <laughs> and who typically, is it the same crew that goes out every week? Yeah, it changes, you know, a bit. But we were 10, 14 people. So. Okay. Do you go to every Niagara Falls City Council? When I can. I, you know, sometimes I have meetings that I have to attend otherwise or other commitments. Right. But I like to be there. And who's the crew that usually goes out? Obviously, Jim's there. And uh, yes, uh, Jim, uh, Victor, Peter Angelo, um, Vince Cario, J- mm. Mike Strange, a lot of the staff. Really? Oh, staff yes. go out too? Yes. Do you, are you like me from the standpoint, is, do you think that more work gets done outside the chambers when you're, you, you're talking over drinks? Well, more important work. You think so, eh? Because I'm, a, you know, we go to all these AGMs, political conferences and yes. stuff like that. And you get the plenary and everyone fights and speaks and votes. And then you you get out after and you get a couple of drinks in you. And all of a sudden, you're you getting, like everybody. You're, well, and you're getting places too. You kind of lose your, maybe the ego goes away a little bit. Well, you know. forget the tribe and, and you're just people. Mm, That's important. Tribe. I'm glad you said that. Um, you think that we're becoming more tribal? I mean, we came from tribes. We have a tribe mentality. And and I have said for a long time, you know, racism is natural. We're taught to fear different skin colors, different sexual preferences. It's not taught that. We can learn it too, and we can unlearn it as well. But I think it comes naturally from us because when we're in caves and we're in, you know, when we're apes or chimps, yeah, they practice war and they don't, they don't have religion. But noticing that someone is different isn't racism. True enough. I mean, we see all the trouble everyone's getting into right now by saying men and women are different. What? Imagine, <laughs> you sexist, imagine that. misogynist. <laughs> no, it's it's not the same as racism. I don't know if we're inborn with racism. We're born with an intellectual process that says that guy's different from me. He has different skin and different. Mm-hmm. His hair is curly and his eyes are blue. Or whatever the difference is. But I don't think that's racism. I think that's just intelligence. Mm. You think we're getting more that way these days? More racist? No, more tribal. Oh, more tribal. I mean, we're certainly, this group identity has certainly become very important for whatever reason. I mean, you're a woman, you're a man. You know, you're they, a liberal, you're, you're left, you're right, you're right. center. And, you, and these ideological possessions, as I like to call them, because many times when we talked before, we went live here about some of mine that I believed in, and, and I'm now I'm questioning many of them and, and actually throwing those beliefs out. I'm not the same guy I was in 1993 when I ran the first time when Gib Parent was Speaker of the House. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, but I'm having a hard time with it. So I wonder, you know, are this ideological possession I'm really having a hard time with because, you know, God bless him. Um, um, the guy from USS, Ash Boo Schultz. There's, it's a two-man band. Right. And when they play live, um, uh, Matt Murphy plays drums. He's from St. Catharines. Like, really good band. They come to um, Brock University for a live show. And Ash does a, 
It is a, a one song tribute to the tragically hip. Oh, okay. It was it was heartbreaking. And he's such a sweet man. Recovering drug addict, most people don't know this. Uh, but just really open about it. And the first time I met him, I'm like, did I hear you say you don't party? He goes, yeah, I don't. I said, well, dude, all your songs are about, like, crack house arrest. I've been up for three days. So you like, must have some experience in he this He dude, yeah, that album, I was, I was cranked. And uh, I'm clean. I've been clean for two years. And I'm like, what's that? He's got a Tim Hortons cup. He goes, organic green tea. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had him. There you, you know? go. No, you didn't. And he was so open about saying, you know what? It's everyone hears something different in the music. The, the Weekend Warriors hear something. The Truly Addicted hear something. The Recovering Addicts hear something. Anyways, Ash Boo, I just love, love those two boys. I love them all. Matt, right. Matt's a good guy, too. Uh, Jason, the human kebab. Uh, Parsons is, is the DJ, uh, mixes the wax. And he said, you know, there's one thing we all have in common in this room, a heartbeat. And I'm tired of talking about what race you are, what language you speak, what your sexual preference is how intelligent you are and grading people and putting them in those groups and fighting to the death to defend a sex ed curriculum or, you know, a conservative value or a liberal value, a green value or none of the above. And we forget we are part of a human race. We're all pretty. We've got more in common than we have differences. Sure. And I just, my fear is this ideological possession as i call it i'm not sure that's that's accurate but for some people it is it's like you know the feminists everywhere yeah. they go that's all they see is oppression of through the that feminists. lens right and uh i think we, we spend too much time talking about our differences and not enough time going you know what we got here together it, it's not perfect we've come a long way we've got a lot more to do right but guess what we have to do it together and it doesn't matter if you're Christian, Muslim, Green, conservative. Blue, pink. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of the people have looked at the region and say, oh, no, you got your conservative cabal. And I know that you've been included in that yeah. in that tribe. Imagine. And you're a liberal. And, and a then liberal. I caught, you know, I get Dave Barrick here. And he goes, dude, I was like president of the Liberal Association. I don't know who would ever call me conservative. <laughs> so I voted for Al Kaslin for chair. Does that make me part of the cabal? Yeah, exactly. No, I think it's really unfortunate that we, we feel we have to paste ourselves into these corners, into that tribe or this tribe or the other one. I don't do that. I try very hard not to do that. Because then you lose so much, well, you lose so many people that could be your friends who, there's good in everybody. I mean, now I sound like a real do-gooder, but there is good in everybody. And everybody has a story. Mm -hmm. Every staff member I meet at the region, whether it's the cleaning woman or the commissioner, whoever it is, they all have a story. I have a story. And I just like to hear the stories. And I don't like to remember why you're there. Just tell me your story, mm -hmm. and I can be your friend. That's what I want. I have to remind myself all the time. You know, uh, I've been in real estate, and I know you've got some great experience there. Uh, 25 years. And, you know, there's the agents out there were discussing uh, commission on my Facebook mm -hmm. wall the other day, and, and uh, I think it was Jill Price. She's up north. says, I don't I'm surprised to see you talking about this in a public forum with the idea that, what, you can't talk about commission because it's anti-competitive because we're trying to fix prices and to say everyone right, take right. this. No, that's not what I'm doing. We're talking about selling broker commission. I talked to you a little bit about that's it right. on the phone a couple of days ago when we talked about it. Um, 
somebody chimes in. I won't say who it was, but you, you can look at the discussion on my Facebook wall if you want. And said, oh, this is only one of the way that real estate agents misrepresent the public. And there's lots more. Yeah. I'm like, bro, you know what? Easy. For the most part, and I have to re remind myself of this all the time, and after 25 years of getting beaten up and, and being screwed over by an agent or by a, another human being, a client or what have you, you get to that place of, like, I hate people place. Yeah. And I think it's really easy to default to, like, fuck this, I hate ne people. And to I don't be want... negative about the whole. Yeah. yeah, and you forget that actually the opposite is true well one i don't hate people i love people or i wouldn't be sitting here i love my country i love my community or i wouldn't be doing these silly podcasts and you know in a basement that looks like it sounds good and looks like shit that's right <laughs> you know so my passion uh, drives me but i have to keep reminding myself all the time that people one are basically good two i don't hate people <laughs> it's a real bad story that i've let myself believe and similar to you you're talking about you know, everyone's got a story. Uh, most people, would, or a lot of people say, you know, no, people are mostly bad. They have to taught, be taught to be good. I believe that, no, they're mostly good. They have good morals and whatever and some drift. And, but for the most part, we all have good intentions. And, you know, those people that you just look at and you're like, nah, I don't know. Like, you don't I don't know like Oprah story. Winfrey. Yeah. I don't know who she is. Yeah, right. I don't know why I don't like her. She just bugs me. Her whole thing. I'm sure she's a really nice person. Right. But yeah, I think we have to keep coming back to that whole, no, everyone has good in them and they all have a purpose, even if you disagree with them completely ideologically as far as what they believe right. as far as politically. And let me tell you my experience, because I was in real estate for 20 years and before that a teacher and I was in academia. And so I've had a broad experience across many careers and I found the most cutthroat of my careers was academia. Absolutely. As many would say, realtors are like that. And yeah, the min when minority I, are, but. Yeah, but when I was in real estate, they were the people who understood when I spent too much of my money or didn't get that commission or that kind of thing. They were the most understanding of the human types I had met. Mm. And I find the same thing in politics. I mean, there's people that, there's a few, not many out there, who I cannot abide i just cannot abide not because they're ideologically different from what i am because they're vicious mm. and i don't think there's ever any reason to be vicious to a fellow human being who has a story you don't know what they're going through in their lives but please take time this is the way i like to lead my life at least take time and appreciate that you don't really know what that person is enduring at that particular moment for sure, yeah, wise words. Now, you don't think that that stuff comes naturally to be vicious and we really have to work hard to be tolerant and understanding and to see the good in people. Like, it comes naturally to me. Uh, I to wish be vicious? I think so. I have, like, I think it's as simple as just going out the door or just looking at someone and going, no, not my, not my, I don't. Um, and I think that happens. Yeah. Just I, because you get that impression from a and person. And then you spend time with them and you're like, oh. Was yeah. wrong. Right. Was like wrong. I can give you multiple cases where I looked at a guy and went, uh-uh. Yeah. And then got to know him just a little bit and I'm like, was I ever wrong? You know, and I think I don't yeah. know. And think... when you're tribal, you you miss all of that. And right. that's really, really unfortunate. Mm -hmm. And if there's anything going on at the region, I think there's some people who are really, really tribal. I'm not, and the people that I consider my friends, and most of them are 
are not like that. Mm. Talk to me a little bit about Thundering Waters. This is, you know, I've been a green candidate for a long time. 93 was my first election. I was 24 years old. I knew nothing about it. Um, Greg Vesna, the leader that I'm running again, I told you that with right. the, none of the above party. I just want people to have that option. If they're that pissed off right now and they can't put none of the above on the ballot to vote for none of the above, yes, then fine, I'll give them an option, which is recall, referendum, and uh, reform. Right. So proportional representation, basically. And people didn't know what proportional representation was for the longest time. So if exactly. I can play a small role, and I met a guy on the roof of the knack months ago that said, Jim? I'm like, no. He goes, Jim Fannin, you're at my school. I go, Secord? He goes, yeah, you won my election. The Green Party won the election at oh, my really? school that year. School. It's the only election ever won. <laughs> <laughs> but it was an election. Yeah. And he said to me, and I thought it was so strange. He's a you know, 30-plus-year-old, good-looking, younger guy. He goes, you touched my heart. I go, touched your heart? He's standing with his friend. Like, what an unmanly thing to say. his heart. Yeah, you, you touch my heart. I'm like, I touch your heart. What do you mean? He goes, dude, like, you know, and he went on. So if I can play a small role, and everyone, you know, not everyone. I have a couple of the haters out there. You probably know who they are. That says, oh, well, you're just looking to get attention for yourself. I'm a realtor. I can have my name in the paper every weekend if I yeah, want for exactly. open house, and I did for 20 years. Um, no, I, I like being part of the process. I like giving people an option, and if I can... If I can help one person learn that there's a better way of doing things, then great. Right. So, um, you know, 1993 was a long time ago, and I'm, I'm still an environmentalist. I'm still, I hate the word, I'm still a feminist. I don't think that discrimination is cool. I just don't think we have a whole lot of it now. Right. And anytime I have one of these feminists on the show, and I said, give me an example of how we oppress women and minorities now. Give me one law, give me one company that does it, and I'll fight to, to, to the death to pre prevent it from happening, they're like, oh, it's it's systemic. Oh, right. No, no, because we're not oppressing women. We haven't for a long We did for a long time. But yeah. Women were also happy doing what they were doing back then. I'm not so sure they're happy now. Out in the, yeah, out in exactly. The, How far have we come right now? Yeah, yes. and we've got a long way to go. So, um, you know, um, I've lost my train of thought. Thundering oh, no, the Thundering Waters. Yeah, because I am still that greeny. I'm still that left-wing wacko activist. I don't march in very many parades and demonstrations anymore. I get it, though. And I see these people that are off, uh, obviously suffering with some sort of uh, mental illness coming to the lectern last night and saying, I need this place for my mental health. I need to walk in here and be chill. And it helps me with my depression. It helps me with my mental health. You know, I'm, I'm sensitive. I don't I never walk through thundering waters. You barely drive there right now if I, if no, I wanted exactly. to. I don't yeah. even know where it is. But I have a soft spot in my heart for, you know, I've been guilty. of Jim's coming on in, in uh, July. He's going to talk to us a little bit more about it. Um, i got a soft spot for the endangered species, for the for the wetlands, for paving stuff over for, you know, you know, and I say this probably maybe unfairly or people may not think it's unfair to say that, you know, you go to China and you sell your soul to the Chinese so they can come over and take the profit and leave. Um, so I'm surprised, not surprised. I, you're a hell of a strong woman. And I knew that the first time we spoke at Sessions on the River, I wasn't ready for you to say, what do you mean? The hiring committee said it was good. I voted for him. What are you kidding me? And I was like, what? And we'll, we'll talk about this, the, the, the image, uh, the PR problem that the region's got too. But um, 
And talk to me a little bit about how we secure the confidence of the people that don't want this thing to be paved over, or even not paved over. They don't even want anything built up beside it with a 30 meter buffer. No. They you know, we talk about roadkill. They don't the even day. want strawberries on it or, tree, or fruit trees. Mm. See, that's. Well, it's the, not good farmland, anyways, right? Well, it was a farm. Oh, at one time. Until yeah. the hydro dumped all the rock on it from the oh. canal. Right, so there's, yeah, it's been a... It's there's been... a lot of detriment there. There's a lot of garbage. Um, but it's a beautiful location, really. But it was zoned industrial. So we could have put a factory there with no no problem. So the only problem you're having now is rezoning it or repurposing it? You're going from industrial, is it industrial now? It was zoned industrial. They... Um, and was I think in two thousand and six they rezoned it into residential. Right, that's right. Okay. But now it's going in to be two thousand eight. I think they said. Yeah. Right, two thousand eight. Right. right. It, now I think that it's going to be a mixed use, so it's development holding, which is let's see what your plans are. But there's twenty seven conditions that they have to to meet. But going back to preserving what we have, um, my information is, and this is from the planning experts and from the report, the. The forest is dying. The wetlands are endangered because there's so much garbage in them that they will not survive. We have a, um, a, a person in GR Holdings who was a minister in the Chinese government who was responsible for the environment. So she has done this around the world in several different places, these projects of hers, and she's well known for preserving wetlands for preserving the environment. We're not the only ones in the world who have wetlands. I was so proud of Joyce Morocco last night because she stood up and said, don't talk about China like that. I've been there. They have well, yeah, because there was one a Chinese, Mr. Chow come up and he said, the Chinese, they come in, they take all the money and they go home. And this is what he said, a cultural invasion. Yeah, It's his she, own, his own culture. And she can't even talk English. I was really, um, I was really put out by that. This cultural stuff has got to stop. Why can't we have Chinese investors here? Why are all Chinese bad? How bad can she be? She's been at it for three years. She spent $30 million. To me, that says she's not fly by night. Mm. She has a real vested interest or she wouldn't be here. Capital can go anywhere. But she for stayed. Sure. Mm. But she stayed. So. I understand the environmentalists, but when it gets extreme, when you think agriculture is a blemish on the environment, sorry, I beg to differ. Well, back in the day when the agricultural revolution started, there was probably many people going, wow, you're going to clear cut the whole forest so you can put weed on it? Are you nuts? Yeah. You mean, you mean people are not going to be hungry because we're going to feed them? Mm. So there's a delicate balance, you know, you compare it to the rainforest or what have you, they're, you know, they're doing the same in South America now that we did, uh, you know, 100 years ago almost, you know. And we're not Texas here. We have zoning regulations, bylaws that are very, very strict. I mean, you go to Texas and Wayne Campbell said something about Texas last, I'm putting these names out there because it was a public meeting and it's all, sure. it's all there. Yeah. Um, so they had flooding there that because they had used their wetlands badly. And too much runoff from the and heavy rains. Too much runoff. But you know what? That's not happening here. And as Jane Papino said, yes, up to, I think she said, 19, 
80 or something, 64% of our wetlands have been lost. But since that time, only 4% more. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping, Jim, truly, that a good developer, and I believe GR is a good developer, will preserve those wetlands. Like there's 450 acres or something, they're developing 120. The rest have to be preserved. If they touch those, they're gone. Their money's done. They are done. Mm. So um, I, I try to appreciate that everybody thinks they're an expert. Mm -hmm. Passion gets in the way. Passion, you know, what are they, who, who is it says? Facts don't care about your feelings. <laughs> Jane Pina was very clear about that last night. She said, I heard Well, she's well-spoken. Well, well, come on. Well-researched. She's an amazing woman. And and she was right on. She took them on. And, and I think she did a very good job of doing that. I appreciate that they are passionate. Most of them. Some of them are not. Some of them are doing political campaigns. Political motive. You think some of them are politically motivated? <laughs> Oh, Jim, you yeah. don't think so? <laughs> I mean, and I don't, um, yeah. We're not Toronto, we're not Markham. We're not the region of York where they're trying to keep developers out because they have so much development, so many jobs, mm -hmm. they don't know what to do with them. Travel the streets of our cities, St. Catharines, Niagara Falls, Welland, Thorold. And you will see that not everybody is making that, you know, they're not on the sunshine list. Our families are making twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a year. They're just getting by. And we need jobs. We need development here. There might come a day when we have too much of it, and then, okay. But this is not unbridled right. development. 27 conditions. And at any time, we can pull it. Really? Hmm. Sorry, that's my take yeah i appreciate your take on it and i, I just wonder how we resolve I, I mean i guess maybe it's the minority of people uh, <clears throat> uh emily did say she's got four thousand signatures on the preserve the wetland thing um i'm not sure how many people actually do the research like what's this all about how much is going to be left how much you know there's propaganda probably on both sides of it i would think it's on both job. sides of course there is yeah. and and not just on one yeah. side on both and I absolutely agree with you, but I look at, um, I live with four teenagers. Two of them are Brazilian exchange students and two of them are my grandchildren. So 14, 16 and 18 year old boys, they're all in high school and the 17 year old girl, brother and sister from Brazil. And they are so stressed about their future. You know, my two grandchildren are... Where's their future going to be in? North America or They don't have home? any. They could be anywhere. Oh, okay. So they're here for an education? They're here for an education because there's no future for them in Brazil. Mm. Because the government system is so bad, there really is no... Lots of places in South America really suffering with the government. They are. So, um, Jose um, has been accepted at the University of Barcelona, and he will be attending there. He has dual citizenship. He is fluent in Spanish, English, French and Portuguese, being Brazilian, okay? So the world is their oyster, and the stresses on them are just absolutely remarkable. And I want my grandsons, who are on the dean's honor list and all the rest of it, I want them to have a job at Niagara. 
Mm, that'd be nice. I don't want them to have to leave here. Mm -hmm. So that's part of the story as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, it's a great story and one that's been far too, uh, I, don't, I don't know, propagated. You know, this idea that there are no jobs in Niagara. Uh, if I hear that one more time, it's mostly media <clears throat> sources. Yeah, the, the, the electorate and the population maybe has that opinion. But it's, um, uh, we go out of our way to say, yeah, there's nothing here, it's guys. It's so negative. Yeah. And we don't have to be. Like that I have time. six grandchildren. Four of them are old enough to be out on their own. A 30-year-old grandson who has an amazing job. Um, he's a foreman. He belongs to a union. He's doing very, very well. Thank you. He owns three houses. He will be in Niagara forever. His brother's at General Motors. Isn't, I mean, he's not as crazy about his job, but he's a guy who, if he has a dime, he saves nine cents. Mm -hmm. He has three houses. I mean, they're doing very, very well. I have a granddaughter, beautiful, beautiful girl, 25 years old, and she cleans houses for a living and loves it. Mm -hmm. And one at at Barack and then the two boys that are at Niagara Christian College. So, yeah, there's a lot of opportunity here, but we have to be able to say as the grown-ups that, yeah, we want you to stay here. This is where you want we want you to be in Niagara. Speaking about the media a little bit to me, you think that uh, obviously I think they could do a better job as, as you know, promoting um, and, and uh, maybe a little less biases. Do you, do you feel like these guys have, you know, kind of, it seems very personal, many of these articles. And, you know, we, one reporter, columnist in particular, I guess, is uh, probably, in my mind, more guilty than anyone else of it is. But Very uh, partial. Yeah, it seems like some things get buried, you know, this bridge thing. I mean, I went over it again today. I, I can't. Because I, I asked Sandy and I asked Dave Barrick when he, when he was here. Sandy is, and Antiada. Yeah. I asked him, is there anyone in that report that's still employed by the region? Sandy said, good question. Well, you don't have to read very far to figure out, and I made the calls, there's still at least three people that are okay. named in that report as, uh, you know, you know um, ignoring conflict of interest rules. I didn't know. Yeah. I wasn't supposed to hire my friend. <laughs> The, who who used to be a vendor? Yep. Like and and I talked to Dave Barrick about this. Like, I have a real problem. I, I used to hate on Dave Barrick because it, he seems like he, he got a really good job, maybe nefariously. You know, he sat on the board. He had inside knowledge. Nudge nudge wink wink. Give me the job. You know, it helps. I can't believe there's not a law that stops people from being hired with the organization that they sit on the board of directors. So Dave Barrick is one. I've come around on him because when he talks about code of conduct, when he talks about integrity commissioners, when he talks about things that are important to me, even Bart Maves, the guy never stands on a point of order that's wrong. He no. knows his stuff. You can't argue with that stuff. So when somebody comes in ideologically in my camp, which has changed a lot, being a lefty from 93, I'm swinging right <laughs> way more than I ever thought I would. Uh, and then, uh, Carmen, we talked about it briefly, you know, he was on the board, he took a leave of absence, he takes a contract to restructure the organization, he applies for the CAO's job, what do you know, he gets it. Well, and you were just plain as day about it, and I wasn't prepared for you to be so frank and go, what do you mean? I wasn't on the committee, 
The committee recommended them. I'm a counselor. I go, okay, the committee knows best. I'm like, I didn't have an answer for you. I felt a little steamrolled because I thought, oh, you're going to, I'm going to get you on this one. Sandy, same thing. He's like, what? What? It happens all the time. Sometimes the guy that sits on the board is the most knowledgeable for the CEO's position. He's the position, best guy for the job. But it looks bad. So how do we stop? Now, we got a position, deputy CAO in St. Catharines, that was created for one guy. I like the guy. I don't even want to name him. He, I, I want. Great I, guy. I, yeah. I great have job. nothing against a great job. <laughs> but when you hear on the street, and I'm no political, I have contacts. I got them in City Hall. I got them at the Regents, sure. both political and staff. They're not deep, but deep enough to give me the, you know. And when you see a counselor on the street and he goes, oh, don't even worry applying for it. It's so-and-so's job. It breaks my heart. And I just can't believe that, well... Walter can stand there and go, no, we want an investigation in the hiring of Carmen, but his chosen one that he created a position for and that some really competent people competed for were basically told, don't worry about it. You mm -hmm. never get that job. And then the guy that was rumored to get the job gets the job. Imagine it, that. If, it's, if it looks bad, it's bad. And I just, I don't understand. Which how... isn't to say that that wasn't the best thing to happen in the city of St. Catharines. Well, but that you got to have retention. Yeah, you got to have retention. You got to keep your people. He went here, he came back, and maybe they but figured out. But don't well, throw stones. Well, I just got a problem with the whole, I agree completely. You can't just selectively say, well, Carmen's bad because of the way he got this job and someone leaked. But over here, don't look over here. Because we created the position. There was no deputy CEO for how long? And they want to bring the guy back. I go, I, I got it. Retention, talent, keep it at all costs. We want good people under the tent. But, and, and you are right from the standpoint of throwing stones, but it looks bad. So the guys like me that aren't political, that would like a, a nice $130,000 job that I'm not qualified for, or, you know, I want some inside help. I want to get some listings because I know some people or what have you. I think truly, and most people won't admit this, they're jealous. They're envious that they're not the chosen one. And Absolutely. so and if I, they stand I back and they look that. at it yeah. and they go, oh, that reeks. I want that guy. He moved from the NPCA and he went over here. And who all these guys. And now we hear who some of these candidates were. They're talented people. They had way more experience than Carmen did. I'm mm -hmm. not saying the same for the deputy position. But that's not Catholic. saying that they would understand Niagara, that they would be good for Niagara. Carmen, and this is what I know about Carmen, did a great job designing the EMS system in Hamilton. I mean, a great job. I happen to have a neighbor who goes, who is global with EMS systems. He said he admires Carmen more than any other leader he's ever worked with because he's so skilled. Hmm. You know what I say, Jim? Maybe if he were a foot taller. <laughs> a little better looking. <laughs> and, his, and his name didn't end with an O. Really? Oh, yeah. Don't tell me that still doesn't exist. Look no. on Facebook. Yeah? I come from Cape Breton. Okay? Mm. For generations with an Italian last name. Uncles that were in concentration camps in the Second World War. Mm. From very cold Cape Breton, where we weren't allowed to burn coal during the war. English people could, of course. If you had a Scottish last name, it was fine. So... But, and that stuff isn't dead. You asked me about tribalism and racism and all the rest of it. Nepotism. Nepotism. Talking, you know? None of it is dead. But that's what I say about Carmen. 
you know, a foot taller. His name is Angel, not Angelo. I wonder what the di difference it would make. But mm -hmm. I don't have to wonder because I know. You don't think it's more that people just think he got his job through nefarious means? Sorry, no, I don't. Hmm. What do we do about the image problem then? Because we certainly have, you know, the, this is this hasn't stuck to Barrick because he's he got reelected with this cloud hanging over him. Um, um, you know, D'Angelo, well, he doesn't have to be reelected, but he's there and we'll see how good of a job he, he can do. I don't know if he's been failing or, or succeeding now. I, I know a lot of people that say he's doing a great job over there. I, I couldn't tell you. You know why he's doing a great job? Just let me tell you that for one moment. Like, I'm not sitting there and thinking, oh, yeah, he's really nice, so he must be doing... No. We never had internal controls at the region. And that was pretty obvious through many CAOs and Burgoyne Bridge. That's... If, I'm so proud that we did Burgoyne Bridge, that we did spend the money on those audits. We know about documentation. We know about poor process. We had no internal controls. We now have a whole department called ICOPS. Which stands for? Internal what? Control and Organizational Performance. And boy, uh, Maché, I forget his last name, is doing, Jerzek, I think, is doing that. Amazing reports. Absolutely amazing. Carmen did that. And he's only been there, what, two years, two and a half years? Do you think this will stop the chair from coming in? Because, uh, you know, when we had uh, Debbie Zimmerman was a chair, I, I thought she did a pretty good job. But again, I was totally naive back then. And the only reason I started looking at local politics is because when I, when I started looking at somebody said, Jimmy, are you kidding me? Name off the liberals, the chair, the mayors, the, the couples, the, the, the staffers that they hired. They're all... They're all from the same. And now we get a change of the guard. And now the liberals learn. So, so, and, you know, I can't believe I'm, you know, you're a liberal. But the liberals are pissed off now because they've lost control of the chair's office. They've lost control of all these main staffers. <coughs> and I wonder if this ICOPS or what have you, I'm, I'm not familiar with it. Is it going to stop the new chair and the new CEO from bringing all their people in? Because as soon as you get a, a new mayor, all of a sudden... Well, he doesn't want the baggage left over from the old mayor CEO, so they hire a new one. But that isn't true with this regime. That's true with all regimes. And that's really unfortunate. Unless you have someone who is idealistic enough, not tribal, mm -hmm. and not ideological, but idealistic enough to say, no, it's got to be the best man for the job. It's got to work for all of the residents of Niagara, all 450,000 of them, not for just a few. I mean... Yeah, we, we need somebody like that. And I have people in my head that I think, you know, they should be running the region because they're really, really good. Mm -hmm. But um, it's very rarely happened in the past. So if there's something to be done, then what would that, what would that be? If we're talking about the, 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 the perception of nepotism, like you got the job unfairly because you knew someone. Or the perception that, oh, well, they're all this conservative cabal now, you know? If it if it if it's perceived that way, very much it's the reality for for everyone that believes that. I understand. And and you might believe differently because you're there and maybe you have a different opinion or maybe you you have different facts that you're that you, that you have access to that the general public doesn't. But I think we got a PR nightmare in this place. It is a PR nightmare. The other part of that, speaking of human nature, 
it's always so much easier to be negative than to be positive. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it's not because they. Have I know that it. very well. <laughs> right, that's just. But find nature. anyone to admit that. Yeah, communication is is critical and and difficult and difficult, and I don't think we've done a very good job with that. Mm -hmm. But I think from the moment Al Kazan was elected chair, and I made the motion because I believed in him, and I still do. Game over. Something's got to be up here. What do you mean? We've had control for 41 years. All of a sudden, it changes. So it's not um, liberal and conservative or the conservative cabal or the liberal cabal. It's the old guard and the new guard. You're not the only one to say that. That same Move over. said the same thing. Move over, baby, because it has to change. Mm -hmm. Enough of doing things. Where did it get us to do things for 40 five years in the old way. It didn't get us very far, Jim. You're a fan of term limits, Sid? I think we should put them in. If you could yeah. waive your wand municipally, I know it's the, the Ontario Elections Act or the Municipals Act, and that's controlled by the province. The province has had no, no testicles that's as what far elections as changing are anything for. goes. Those are term limits. I mean, I've had a, an experience where people said, sorry, Selena, your term is over. Not for very, for things that weren't true, but that's what happened, and that's what happens. Um, but no, we have term limits, and they work very effectively. Thank you very much. So you don't think anything outside of that, you know what, you can run three terms, and then you have to sit one out and no, come back or whatever? No, have you? Vote me out. Mm -hmm. Because... Well, because sometimes when I see some of the guys mostly uh, stand up at the region, or some of the girls that never say a word, uh, I'm like... You've been here in this institution for three decades and you don't know how to speak to emotion. You don't know when it's on the table and how to split an item or like, I mean, I don't know it inside and out Robert's rules of order or whatever you use for, for your order over but there. But that's our I'm language. I'm looking at these guys, I'm going, you've been there for decades, bro. And you're standing up and you look like a deer in the headlights. You look completely lost. And that's when I go... Man, I wish we had term limits. I wish this guy wouldn't keep getting reelected on his but name. But why is cause... he getting reelected? Because people are voting for him. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Name recognition. Well, name recognition. Popularity. <sighs> people like him. People yeah, want I him like there. him too. But I just can't no, no, believe that he doesn't know the answers. You. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, my I'm friend Serena's a little passionate over <laughs> heat. <laughs> I'm from Cape Breton. I can be passionate. Wow. Now, I, I know this isn't a secret when I called you the other day, and thank you for taking my call. I don't know what it says when I call in, maybe Team Niagara or Jim Fannin, but you're Selena speaking. I'm like, wow, you expected to get your, hey, I take Jim all Fannin. calls if I'm there and the phone rings. Now, 77 years old, that surprised me. Wow. I know that's not a secret. I'm not trying to help no, you because it was one of the first things you said to me. Jim, I'm 77 years old and I just filed my papers to have my re-election campaign And started. I'm happy about that. I am too. And I can't believe I'm saying that. But. And as much as I don't believe in feminism and racism, I don't believe in ageism either. Mm -hmm. If I feel I have something to contribute, I put my name up. The people who want to vote for me or think I have something contrib to contribute will vote. And those who don't, won't. And it's a numbers game. Yeah, what are you thinking about the uh, the general election for chair? I, I know it's, there's pros and cons on both sides. Um, you know, I'm a little concerned that you're going to have to have pretty deep pockets. Yeah, 200,000 probably. Wow. And How do you come up with that? 
I don't know. But the people that are rumored to, run, to be running, you know they're already campaigning, have been for a year. And behind the scenes, you know, building their team and raising the money and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I've got, you know, I kind of liked it the old way, to be honest with you. You know what? You're not directly elected, but at least <clears throat> the people that were elected. And, uh, and I know there's, you know, there's, there's pros and cons to both. And I can see how the way we did it in the past could be incestuous a little bit. Because if you know someone and, you know, there wasn't a person in Niagara that didn't know that Castlin was going to be the chair. I happened to tweet it. That got me blocked. I think me and Al have made up a little bit. I saw him in Zares a few months ago. I said, you know what? Sorry, bro. Yeah. Because, you know, he I said... I don't know anything about that. No, so. he said something about... Um, well, he said it from the chair. Oh. He said, you know what? This this term, we've we've got more done than any other term ever is ever done. And I said, Al, like I, you know, I clipped it and tweeted it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I said, you know, sorry, but I think you probably didn't mean what you said. <laughs> but you said it, and it's so wrong, and I could not, not tweet it out. So I said, "Sorry, but yes, and, you know." And we all misspeak, and especially when the cameras are rolling, it's but easy. You to know get it what, wrong. Jim? As a politician, you have to have a thick skin too. Fair I enough. mean, if I were thin-skinned, I should not be in this business. Fair enough. And I know there's people out there that even just the campaigns take your skin off. Oh yeah, I mean, ruthless. people feel they can say anything. Our <laughs> security guard. Even if you're a Green Party guy, they come out. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much, but you imagine if you're a front runner. Oh, and you got the whole other party that's gunning for you at every debate that you got. Well, you've been there, you know. So you you know you stand for the red team. You know the blue team's coming on enforced, getting paid fifty bucks people to that, take up chairs. People that I have known all my life. When I walk into a room, turn their backs on me. This is what politics does. I have never done that to another human being, and I never will. Mm. That is. But anyway, you asked me about an elected chair. Mm -hmm. So it was an administrative position more than anything. It was not political because it, the only way it was political was with your peers electing you, right? Right. And your peers represented represented people I can't, it's like this, you don't even vote on every issue do you, you only break ties as a chair yeah right okay he's like the speaker of the house or he right. was but now we're going to have a mayor of mayors mm. so instead of having 12 mayors now we've got 13 with one super mayor do you think the mayor should be taken off i won't and that's that's something i won't comment on uh it's obviously a conflict of interest they're working in a dual capacity and that's and very difficult they vote in blocks. They trade airports away. You vote for this. You vote for my airport over here. I'll, I'll vote for your How airport. How come when I say I won't comment on something, I always do? Because <laughs> you're good, Jim. You're just good. No, I, I think that, um, I mean, we would go from a council of 30 to a council of 18. I don't think that's a bad thing. But um, You don't think that's a bad thing? No. Right. I mean, I think it's it unwieldy group at this mm -hmm. point but that's not for me to decide it's been like that way or that way for 45 years but now with an elected thank you chair, bill davis <laughs> thank you bill davis <laughs> the um, greatest premier ever <laughs> well he was very good i it was way before my time i don't not before I'm looking, yeah but um i just don't think it's going to further the interests of the residents of this region that's where it is for me. Okay. Cool. Um, the government, 
staying with governance, we've had, oh man, have we wasted a lot of time at the region this term, eh? Dual direct, oh. integrity commissioners, integrity reports. I mean, this is not, pol this is, this is our politics. We're going to talk about nudies being emailed out about, you know, being called plastic face and Mayor Dave came on, you know, he was very uh, diplomatic, careful. Um, I like Dave. I, I like I like a lot of people. I, I'm not so fond of the ones that never freaking speak. Yes. You know, I, yeah, I, I wonder what the hell they're doing there. Um, but maybe you're right. Maybe the ones that never get up and never speak or never have anything of value to say on anything, uh, maybe they won't be reelected next time. Uh, but the governance issues that came in, this double direct, the code of conduct. Oh, geez, I, I loved what you did with the code of conduct. I, I was glad it wasn't accepted because... For me, there was a whole bunch of things in it. I cannot believe that if you get an integrity complaint against you, that there's not even a simple registered mail that needs to be signed for it so you know no, you have one. It's terrible. It's so ridiculous. And using it as a political tool, I And find it is it. a political tool. And, you, you know... And that was not, Bart Maeve's point all the way along. It's going to be political. I, don't even, I never... I want to hate Bart Maeve's. I really don't want to like the man. But he's earned my respect from the standpoint that he... He, he never rises on a point of order that isn't educated and bang on. And I got a lot of time for guys like that. Yep. And when it came to the code of conduct, I found myself siding with Selena Volpatti, Tony Quirk, Bart Maves, Dave Barrick. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm big enough to go, yeah, hell right. Yeah, you're right on that one. And, uh, you know, I don't even like you. And you're right. You're, you're working on me. So I think we've, we've wasted a lot of time on this governance issue. And, you know, in the beginning, I was saying about Walter, good for you. Good for you that you're like, hey, province, we just want to try this out as a test. Like, that's crafty. For a neophyte, first term, for him to have the political savvy to try and wiggle that through, even though I was totally against it. At the, in the beginning, I didn't know what I was. I'm like, oh, I don't know. How does it affect my life? But then it's less politicians. It's less access. It's, you know, it, more room for corruption. I don't know. But, and I was on the the docket or the agenda of 12 communities. I was going around with this double direct roadshow and I was speaking against it. I've never done that. Okay. I was so against it and it died in St. Catharines, as you know. So I wonder if, you know, removing the mirrors is another governance tweak, you know, that I think would have a lot of merit in some places. A lot of people might say, well, no, that's what I'm there for. I, I want to believe that you are there not representing Niagara Falls, representing the region. And I think your oath probably says that. I'm here to make sure that every decision I make is good for everyone in the region. Yes, I was elected in Niagara Falls, but I'm not here. And Dave Barrick, I was surprised. He was so forthright about saying, you know what I'm there for? I'm there to get for my city, Port Colburn. And I was like, wow, yeah. cool. But, yeah, but getting for your city should never be done at the expense of everybody else in the region. Yeah, and I think Dave would say that. That's yeah, never absolutely. Been the case. I, and I know Dave would say that. I have great respect for David Barrett. No, um, but the mayors are in a different situation. They're head of council, mm. they have to represent their council. I go to the Niagara Falls council meetings not to represent what council just to understand where they're coming from mm -hmm. so that I can ha make an informed decision on behalf of all the residents of Niagara when it comes time to do so. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel about it. I wish I had the time to add up 
the things that I consider to be a waste of time, you must just be outside of your mind sitting there sometimes going, are you kidding me? We're going past 11 o'clock again on this? I know. I know it's very hard to take sometimes. I mean, I'm a very capable woman. I have four children, six grandchildren. You know, I've run a household and done a lot of things in my life with a couple of careers and all the rest of that. And to waste time like that is not in my nature. Mm. However, I work with 27 men and they seem to have that proclivity. <laughs> One of my favorite words, proclivity, <laughs> my new favorite word. Um, since we talked about the bridge a little bit, um, it's surprising to me to see that all along council was updated. Oh, we're going to 50 million from 36 and now, oh, now we're going to 60. Does we weren't updated. read the, the, the reports or? I read it, every report. What was it buried or? It was taken out. All the numbers were taken out. Oh, now what's your, how much can you talk about this? What's your feeling on why and who? And I mean, this is, this is going back a couple terms. And now, I mean, I mean, I was there 2010 to 2014. Okay. We made the decisions about Burgoyne. I was implicated in that just as much as everybody else. But in my defense and the defense of the rest of the counselors that were there, if you're given bad information, you can't make good decisions. Amen. If the costs were getting out of hand and nobody said, the, the pressures, costs are the out. costs are getting, no, um, there are comments like the pressures are building. Well, what, you know, what, what's that? Something to do with the, you know, what's in the ground, ground, groundwater, whatever it was. But, and, and we were told at the task force meeting the other day, numbers were taken out. They were just omitted. So I've learned a lot from the exercise and I bounced back and forth. Are you taking heat from being the chair of the committee? Oh yeah. Mm, Lots of would be. especially from St. Catharines. Political heat. Only now that you've asked for missing emails? Yeah, yeah, right. So now, the email, you, that only went public when you, obviously, after you found out that there was something wrong. There wasn't any knowledge, or well, there wasn't anything to talk about before that. So we, now we find a year of corrupted and a year the of The municipality missing. has a fiduciary responsibility to keep a track track of those emails. We have them 2008, 2009, 2010, 2013, 14, 15, but now 2011 and 12, when all those decisions were made and the whole project was going double. So why would Sensic be so defensive, like you're not gonna find a smoking gun? Well, if we don't find the freaking emails, of course we won't find a smoking gun, but maybe there's a smoking gun in there. Like, mm. that just reeks to me, you know? I wanna like Walter. I just find it very difficult because I know his ways and I've had experiences with him on a number of different topics and I just know the the treatment that I've received from it. So that's why I ran for mayor because I want I didn't want him in that chair and that broke my heart and he's there and I can, you know, grin and bear it now. But like, I don't get what he's so defensive now. How does he know there's no smoking gun? All I will say is that people will have to draw their own conclusions mm -hmm. from that. Too bad um, we have many people that are not in their roles anymore. Staffers, elected, mayors, regional councillors, and city councillors that probably have an idea what went down and uh, might have a thumb drive with all those email on it. Oh, imagine that. <laughs> that. I mean, you know, rumors are filthy, but the amount of time 
that someone says don't apply for that job because it's so-and-so's and they get it or the amount of time that says oh yeah so-and-so's got a thumb drive with all the email on it and then it turns out to be true or they just reappear I find it amazing so you know more than I do now yeah well I don't know that I know anything other than I know well there's been a lot of talk about who could be responsible for this and not many of them are sitting anymore not no. many of them are elected officials no. anymore. We have a new and administration. some staffers have gone from the region to the city or another town or or aren't even in the... There's an Italian saying. My husband used to say it all the time. We're like beans in a pot. We just keep going round and round. That's, but that's okay. I don't mind that. What I really mind is dishonesty and uh, malfeasance and and trying to pull the wool over the residents' eyes because people are very smart that way and they smell a what's the word I'm looking for? A rat. They smell a rat. When and if it looks like shit and smells like shit, usually it's shit and I, I so I give you a lot of credit for, for, for one chairing that committee. I haven't watched a whole lot of it until this started making news. I I find it concerning that 610 CKTB is running promos of Walter saying, there's nothing to see here. There's no, you know. Sounds trumping. It just, you know, and I took Tom to task on this live on the air the other day when I called for my Vox Populi. I said, you know, he says there's no smoking gun. Well, who ordered the email destroyed or corrupted? Who's, somebody's got it. What, that's not an accident. That doesn't happen in a city that with this many people and staff and experts. 130,000 people. I don't know what their budget I don't is, believe but a few that... million. And... No, but it's not my place to cast dispersions either. People mm -hmm. have, it's with the OPP. And mm -hmm. um, and they're interviewing. Have you been interviewed? Yes. Okay. So you've that given might... them everything you know? Everything I know. Yeah, because I know they're, they're uh, this is a wide net they're casting. They're casting a very wide net. I'm very pleased with what they're doing. And I hope they continue because our hopes rest with them. I, we have no other way of getting to the truth if evidence has been destroyed or forgotten or whatever it's mm -hmm. happened. And, you know, the amount of times that that bridge uh, report by Deloitte said we can't go any further because we're not the police. I don't know how many times they said that in that report. It's and that's when Bart said, well, they're telling us something, Selena. <laughs> You know what I mean? Thank God I work with really smart people. <laughs> it helps. It helps. And, and we're a team. Yeah, and you all have your your uh, proclivities for your specializations See, too. That like word again. you're good at you're good at some things that Bart won't be, and so you complement each other nicely. Absolutely, and that's what the workplace is all about. Any workplace, but mm -hmm. government as well as as any other, it, we're there to help each other to help those people who are paying our way. Right. And God knows they pay a lot. Yeah, the taxpayer, the ratepayer, the electorate is at all levels, federal, municipal, provincial, regional. It's it's an endless, like the politicians look at the ratepayer as like they have an endless pit of money. There's just, taxes only go one way. <laughs> yep. You know, and you can blame it on inflation or you can say 
I wonder if there's some inefficiencies here we can get rid of. Absolutely. Okay. You know, we have to look at those. We can't keep doing the same things all the time, expecting different results. Mm -hmm. We have a magnificent, I call it software magnificent, new software system at the region called PeopleSoft. $12.9 million it cost, two-year um, deployment on it. But we got an audit report from Deloitte that we just received in committee, audit committee going to council. Not one remark that was untoward in it. Just a perfect audit report. As I said to the auditor, this is very boring, because it was. Oh, Thank that's God, what right? you want. And so we don't get a return on investment in the traditional sense. Mm -hmm. But one of the big things for me has always been zero-based budgeting. You don't start from last year's, you know. Oh, well, we got to spend it. It's the end of the year. Let's amount, spend right. this 100000 You start from zero. Now, right. tell me why you need each of these. You can only do one small department at a time until you get up. I mean, you could never start. It's labor start. intensive. You need it's lots labor of people intensive. for that. But now, hours. before we couldn't do it because we just didn't have the information available to us to do it. But now with PeopleSoft, it's all there. Hmm. What if you could wave your magic wand and change a couple things? What are some recommendations you have for for our local, well, whether it's at the city or more specifically the region, I guess, you know, things that just aren't working that you, you see as a simple fix. Like, obviously, it was, you know, something that you could do that would prevent that from ever happening again. Obviously, we've got a PR issue. Public a PR, yeah. Huge. And that's on us. We've created that as a council or as a yes. leadership. I mean, you're not just going to say, oh, well, we got a PR and it's the media's fault. I mean, the media will say, and we said this before, we'll stop doing stupid things and we'll yeah, stop reporting yeah, yeah. them. You know, so they have a point there. But I would say stop wasting time navel gazing and get down to business. Mm -hmm. Bring jobs to this area. Um, increase immigration because our future lies in immigration. We're supposed to grow from 450,000 people, which we are now, to 610,000 in 2041 supposed to that doesn't happen or 20 yeah 2041 that doesn't happen as a matter of course we have to plan for it we have to want it we have to be willing to accept people of different backgrounds cultures into our neighborhoods and if we don't we won't grow then you need the infrastructure and the support mechanisms to support that extra population too absolutely Hospitals, but the population schools. i think comes first and then you know I know in Florida they build the infrastructure and then they just kind of the people come pass backwards, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but um, yeah, when you get the population, you get the jobs, you get the infrastructure because you get the growth in, in revenue, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah, stop wasting time, start spending our money wisely, and remember it's opium, other people's money. Not ours. Uh, do you think we should have a code of conduct that's like clear right across the province and that one that conforms to the charter? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised yeah. it doesn't. And, you know, well, Andy went down this road. I, I was on his jock for a little while because I thought he was onto something. And well, Andy has a way of blowing things up anyway. Um, he's a great guy. but I, I have a lot of time for a guy who'll go, this reeks. This smells, yes. this looks bad. He's got a good nose. He puts a big bright light on it. We we saw the insurance thing. He was lead on that. He did landfill. He was lead on that. Got a lot of shit for that. He, they accused him of like all kinds of things. He 
and some of the CEOs, some of the hiring practices, like he's been a valuable resource for him. He has. Now he's made his own bed. But I've got a lot of time for a guy like Bob Gale that goes to the MPC and says, um, this whole is this is all rigged. Love Bob. The ma- made in the mist. Like I, I love that kind of stuff. So, you know, but when the code came in, when Andy fought the code, I'm like, I, I see value in this fight. Because if the code doesn't specifically say when you're a counselor, it's funny that conveniently Andy's a counselor when they need him to. Yeah, and right. then when they don't want him to be, oh, no, you were on your own then. Like yeah. the, the politics of convenience. Um, but I thought he had a real good point as far as there's a charter and this code doesn't respect it. And so if anything, I went to the courthouse that time, not to support Andy because no. I wanted to see how this whole played out. And I'm like, yeah, the code should respect the charter and it should set limits for, hey, if you're on a boat ice fishing or a boat ice fishing, if you're up on a, in a boat fishing up north and you get your buddies and you tell a, you know, a off taste joke, that shouldn't come back to haunt you in Niagara no. because somebody said blah, blah, blah. So freedom of expression, freedom of assembly, freedom to have your own religion. I don't see any... Any any part of the code that says, Brock University's code says, subject to section, section, section. Of the charter? Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the most civilized countries in the world has no written constitution, no written charter. England, right? They don't have it. It's and there's many municipalities that don't even have a code. Of and it's all based on tradition. And what is expected of a decent person? If you commit a crime, you go to jail, you can't be a counselor, obviously. Well, right. And if you're that bad, you don't get reelected. Exactly. I'm sorry, but I'd like to think that as a responsible adult, I know what my conduct should be. I'm not saying I'm perfect at it all the time. I've been known to, you know, say words that I probably shouldn't say <laughs> when I get a little angry. But in the heat of argument or the heat of um, discussion, discussion. A few words aren't going to hurt you. It's a hell of a lot better than being on the battlefield. Mm. And that's what it it ends up in. That's the alternative. Mm -hmm. That's the alternative. It's either the chamber or the battlefield. And because I use a few words that perhaps are not choice, does that mean I should be lampooned on a, you know? You're not getting a hard time for your language, are you, really? I'm, I've been on once in a while. <laughs> <Who's> that? <laughs> that's, of all things, that's got to roll off your back. Well, it does. But the fact that I could be charged with the integrity commissioner, oh. that does not. Mm. I'm sorry. If I, even with the code of conduct, my thought is it should not be allowed for one counselor to bring a code of conduct complaint against another. Or a whole another. Come on. The whole town of Pelham voted. <laughs> and I joked with Dave when he was here. I called him good old plastic face or whatever Andy called him or whatever. But there is a specific exclusion in the code of conduct that says a council shall not. And they heard it anyway. Yeah. And I know. I don't want this to talk about Andy all the time, but he, he's a pretty good example. Or he brings to light how broken the system is. So he doesn't want to talk to the integrity commissioner because he, he thinks he's a, a joke. So he doesn't answer his emails. Oh, he said he didn't get them. And I I guess I believe him if he didn't get them or whatever. What uh, what responsibility does he have to 
to talk to a guy that's just set up in a kangaroo court. Like they, you don't face your accuser. You never know what the complaint is. But can we have a requirement that at least says before anything happens, you need to register mail. You notify me. Tell me what it is. It's a kangaroo court. You gotta have proof that that thing was delivered. Where's the justice in that? And that's what I didn't like about your code of conduct. I liked most of the changes that you're working on. And everyone came and I almost came to speak because I have some passions when it comes to this kind of stuff. And, and most of them lie in a democratic foundation. This is not democratic. This like, at least, can we have like a registered mail that goes out? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for? just the basic um, principles of justice. And now it's still there. Well, uh, we have the Carol and I and Oni in Niagara Falls <coughs> has been victim uh, to this process as well. Uh, you know, I don't watch Niagara Falls Council all that much. I watched it last night. You know, I can see what side of the fence she's on as far as what she speaks to. And I can imagine that maybe she's on that NDP socialist side mm-hmm. of things all the time. A self-declared dipper. Yeah. Um, but she's also like, it's all good until you're the victim, you know? And then it's like, Hey, wait a second. I I didn't get notice. I didn't know who the complainant was. I didn't get interviewed and I got a judgment against me that could ruin my career. Exactly. I just, I don't understand how there's not more controls in place for this kind of Yeah. And it's very, very politicized. And that's my concern and my fear. And you always get the most vulnerable that way. The, the people, like people we know that are most prone to saying things or have religious beliefs that other people just don't want to accept. And it puts a target on their, they put a target on their own back and they put with their actions. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of responsibility to go all the way around, but you, we don't, I didn't know this, but the code of conduct's not mandatory. No. Wow, either as an integrity commissioner. No. Wow, how about we just govern ourselves? It may be now. I think there was a change in the municipal act about that just recently. But um, we had our old code of conduct. We had a code of conduct that worked for 40 years. I never could understand why (laughs) all of a sudden we were so bad. Yeah, and you uh, really tore that stuff up. Oh, Kay Cros, Kelly Crosley. You know Kelly? Kelly Crosley. She owns a uh, hair salon on Queen Street. In St. Catharines? No, Niagara Falls. Okay. Selena has a classy way of looking at everything. You need to go drop in. Get a campaign donation from her. (laughs) (laughs) I must do that. Thank you, Kelly. She's across from Taps, kind of. Oh, right, right. Yeah, on Queen Street. So, she's a big fan of yours. Well, it's not a classy way. I mean, I respect that word Mm -hmm. and I love that word about myself. It's just... Do unto others. It's basic. Isn't that a basic? Well, basic? you know, yes. And um, Pastor Bill, who I have a, a lot of time for, is um, he's such a he's a great speaker and he's a pretty wise guy. He's the pastor of my church. He tells about uh, love your neighbor. Do unto others, whatever. Same pros, same, same thing. concept. Jesus spoke in parables, and, and a lot of it was kind of the same drift. Right. And I'm the skeptic. I'm like the new Christian. I'm like, what do you mean God's jealous? I thought he was sinless. They're like, oh, can I answer this one? Because I don't know. I struggle with my faith all the time. You know what I mean? It doesn't take much to go, are you really up there, dude? You know, I grew up with it, so I have the base. Yes. But I struggle with it all the time. So 
Built. And most people do, Jim. Yeah, I do they? I didn't know it's that. Because you can't see it, you can't feel it, but I it's know, there. But I said the other day, I'm like, God, if you're there for me. <laughs> and I told the guys. What do you mean that, if? I, I told the guys on my support group, they're like, oh, man, we question our faith all the time. That's part of being a man or, you know, part of being a human. person. Anyway, so, so Bill will say, uh, um, love your brother like yourself. But I always say, dude, that's the problem with today. We don't have self-love. We don't look after ourselves. We smoke cigarettes. We drink too much. We drive too fast. We have no risky. time for ourselves. Well, we just don't. There's not a whole lot of self-love. So I'm of the firm belief that if you don't have it, you can't give it. I can't give you five bucks if I don't have it. Right. And if I don't have love for me, I can't certainly love you. That's right. And I think, you know, what? it's great to say 2,000 years ago. That would have been a cool guy to walk with, Jesus, like whether he was the son of man or not is up for debate. And lots of people like to debate it. But like that guy was here and mm -hmm. he was pretty fucking cool. Yes. Sorry. Is that bad? No, but, is that bad? Um, but yeah, when when they break out that do unto others, I get that. And it, it, there's a little bit of room for we don't treat ourselves very well. And no wonder we have no respect for our neighbors because we don't have it for ourselves. And it's all respect, isn't it? Mm -hmm. In the long run. Do unto others and all the parables that we, or the commandments and all the rest mm. of that, is based on respect. Marriage, I was married for 52 years, and without respect, you know, sex doesn't last forever. Mm -hmm. Love changes, but it becomes more respect than anything. What do you put at the top of the virtues, then? The top of the virtues. That's a great question, because I'm a Greek scholar. That's my... You're a witch? Greek scholar. That's oh, okay. my training. Too. Um, I guess respect. Loyalty, I, honesty. But if you have respect, huge. all those things come, I think. If I respect you, I will be loyal to you. Fair enough. If I don't respect you, I'll find it hard. It'll be difficult. Mm. I think that basic respect of you as a human being, as I am with the same feelings... And in the long run, we all come with a death sentence. But you can't respect everyone equally, nor should you. But you can some respect their of, story. Some people aren't worthy of your respect. You can respect what they're going through and how they've come to, the, to be in the place where they are. Mm -hmm. That, I do think. And my husband, God rest his soul, because he was a wonderful man and he put up with me for 52 years. Um, how long has he been gone? Five years. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not, that's not a long time. No, it's like yesterday. But he used to say, you know what? He always called me Blackie, but that was his name for me. And he was Italian, too. He was Italian, very Italian. So you're, oh, he was are Italian. you both full-blooded? Oh, yes. Okay. Did yes. you come from Italy? I came from Cape Breton. Cape Breton. Oh, you were born in Canada. Was he born in Canada? No. He was Italian. He was Italian from Trieste, but raised in Switzerland. Okay. And was a shepherd in the Swiss Alps during the war. What a story, huh? Old school. Because yeah. Shepherd, like Shepherd's wasn't the top of the heap for jobs. Well, but he had to, they had. But back in the old days, the Shepherds were just like. They had to leave Northern Italy because the Germans were taking young boys like him and putting them in the army. So his parents had contacts in Switzerland and got him across the border into uh, Switzerland by himself. Wow. So he's broken up. He, At did the he age ever of see 10. his family again? I never saw his mother again. She died before he ever got back to Italy. How about the rest of the family? Um, he's, yes, he saw the rest of his family in Canada. Oh, so they got out and then they found each other? Yes, yes. 
and his older brother came to Niagara Falls. So it's quite a story. But he used to say all the time, we all have a turn, and all of us will meet the same end, yeah. one way or the other way, mm -hmm. but we all have a turn. And we know it's coming. And we know it's coming. Which is part of our problem, I think, is our, we struggle with our own mortality, I think, more well, than we, anything. Well, we struggle not to think about that. <laughs> yeah. So the other guy is going through the same thing you are. How do I stay alive as well as long as I can, as well as I can, provide and have for enough, my family. and provide for my family? Mm -hmm. Wow. So you got your papers in. Yeah. Uh, but not. I wasn't the first. No. Wayne Thompson was there at quarter after eight. <laughs> God bless him, man. I don't know. I'm trying to. Well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna get through this provincial election. Um, again I'm loyal so when Greg calls and he says we need a guy from St. Catharines I'm like I'm not your guy I'm I need I had a bad year in real estate last year I told you I built this little business yes. outside of real estate, inside the business but it didn't make any money well I made 500 bucks last year not enough to eat uh, uh you know I could be selling some more houses and I said Greg I, I can't do it I don't think my skin's thick enough I don't think my spirit is strong enough the last time I got beat up pretty bad running for mayor Yep. Only be, not the campaign so much, but the result really hurt because oh. I thought Jeff Birch was the guy. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and you take it personally. Right? And you know what I hear? April Jeffs is polling really well in Welland. Can so you imagine they if Jeff Birch loses that one? They love Doug. And Welland was, they were conservative before. I didn't know this. Oh, I didn't either. Yeah, uh, Montgomery or who was it? Oh no, yeah, you're right. Was I it forget. Montgomery? No, no. But before Swartz, there was uh, um, it was a conservative. Yeah. And somebody told me, are you kidding me? A factory town like Welland goes conservative for Doug Ford like that. I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. Like, not so much St. Catharines. Uh, well, well, St. Catharines could too. Uh, but, you know, factory towns like that. Blue-collar towns. Lunchbox. Think of Ohio and Pennsylvania. Coal mines. I mean, they went Trump, right? Mm-hmm. As far right as you can get. Wow. I'm not sure that Trump's all that far right. Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm coming around on Trump. I don't know why. Uh, I, I think he's a buffoon. Uh, and yeah, yeah. and I, I don't think that uh, he's got the, the class or, or uh, the polish that you need. But he he got elected. That's the number one job. That's the if you can't get elected. And that's, you know, I had to console myself after Birch lost for mayor because, I, again, I, you know, I'm honest about I didn't want Walter there. He's there now. Fine. If I got to work with him, I will. Uh, I liked McMullen when I was there. He worked with me. They were building a six-lane right. pool. Somebody recruited me and said, hey, it's the wrong number of lanes. There's eight people in a swim class and on right. a swim team. We, we need, need eight lanes. lanes. Duh. So, you know, I had a friend of mine that called me and said, I need your political co co connections. I laughed at her. I said, I'm green. I got no political connections. <laughs> but when I stood up in front of council and McMullen tried to paint me in a corner and he said, well, Jim, you know, you're a Green Party guy, right? Yeah. Well, what if we got to take down 10 trees to put an extra two lanes in this? I'm like, oh, you crafty <laughs> bastard. <laughs> but Birch stood he there. He put you in the spot. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. And and badly. And uh, they got it right. And even Bill Phillips came around on it. He was the chair of the committee. And, right. you know, at the time, I had a couple staffers that came to me and said, we can't speak. They won't let us talk. And we know exactly what's best. So I found a home with Birch. I found a guy that would work with you. 
that would joke with you. They could have a beer with, and I didn't. I wasn't ideologically mirrored right. to his beliefs, but somebody told me the other day, uh, you know, inside conservative, that they've got the money to do the polling. Yes. And he said, "Can you believe that April Jeffs is they're like neck and neck, or she's out in front?" I'm like, "There's no way." And then the more I talked to this guy, the more I went, "Oh, really? Can you can you imagine if Perch lost mayor and then lost a 40 year NDP riding? Like, man, at least Politics. he still have a job. Politics, but yeah, and you know, this ideological swing." Is Trump, it was a done deal. I'm surprised they didn't see it. Because yeah. Obama was there for so long. Love him or hate him. There was a lot of hope for Obama when he came in. And he yes. did jack. There was a lot of hope for JT, Justin Trudeau. And he's fucking things up as far as I'm concerned. This this virtue signaling, this... Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a little it's just, over the top. No. And this Kathleen Wynne debacle for 15 years... We've had the, we talked earlier about the sex ed thing, this um, this idea, this possession of the left, this anti-free speech. You can't say that. That's hate speech. You can't criticize Islam. You can say whatever you want about Christianity. Yeah, but not you Islam. You say, you know, Islam, even if it's fact, you know, in Canada, you can be sued for libel successfully for telling the truth. There you like, go. Like, that's not my country. No, no. That's but not so, what we, that's what we've become. And so you know what the political swing back for Kathleen Wynne is? A Doug Ford majority. Yeah. And we asked for it because we put up we reelected this party with a majority government three times. Well, first one was minority, wasn't it? I don't remember that. Can't remember. Okay. I, but I, this I, is what happens. And you think that we're yeah. not in line for another... Well, Doug Ford's not Trump. I hate those comparisons. No, and I, that's that's easy and it's, it's too facile and, yeah. and, and shouldn't I shouldn't say that. But there was a reason, going to Trump, there was a reason he was elected. Mm-hmm. It's a pendulum swinging. And, and it swings. And, it takes and a surely as Canadians, like... In my political science classes, <laughs> what I learned was we campaign from the center or the, the right or the left, but we govern from the center. If you don't, you're not going to be successful. Amen. Right? That sounds like Sandy, something Sandy said to me about getting elected. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing this because I feel like it's the right thing to do. I put my name on the ballot. I still, I still got to get on officially. Um, did you know that six ten? If you're a declared candidate during an election, you can't talk to Tom on his radio show now. Really? Yeah. Well, I'll have to talk he's to banned, other people. He's banned all candidates. I can't even believe that. But I'm I'm seriously. I have never, Selena, and you probably know this. You know, because I started in '93. I ran for the Greens in '93 as a favor to the same Greg Vesna that started this this uh, none of the above party. He called and said, "Jimmy, we need a candidate for Niagara Center." I'm like. <laughs> Forget it, man. I didn't know anything, anything. And he said, no, we need a paper candidate. You're going to do it. you got to go out and get the, I think it was 250 signatures back 25. then. 25. Oh, then. Back then, then yeah. yeah, 93. And we'll give you the 1000 bucks, and you don't have to do a thing. Just go on the ballot. Right. And then Pete Marina from Seahaw, he's still there at Giant FM, called, and he talked me into coming into the studio. Terry Sanamon was the conservative. Gibby Parent was the speaker of the house. Yeah. He was uh, he was there. 
Uh, Don Johnson was the NDP, and then we had this natural flying, natural law party. You remember those guys? The oh, yes, guys? right, right. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> I went for the mic. I was the first one to speak, and my voice was gone. I didn't know that that's what happened when you were that nervous. Oh, oh, right. And that does so, happen. Anyways, fast forward. I've <clears throat> never run in a, a campaign that I had a shot to win as a Green Party candidate. For mayor, I wasn't running to win. I was right, running to prevent yeah. someone from winning. That blew up in my face. Uh, and I can live with it, you know. I, I would do it again. Um, maybe not. But, and I have some supportive people that are connected and, you know, I've been known to back financially other candidates that said to, said to me in many elections, Jimmy, when you're serious and you're done fucking around with the Green Party and you want to run to win, right? Then come and talk to us. Talk to us. Because yeah. we'll help you out because you're a good guy and you're good on stage right. and you know your stuff and we could get behind a guy like you, but you got to run with a party that you got a chance to win. Right. And my mother died eight years ago. I can hear her from the other side going, what do you want to sit with those coconuts for? <laughs> They're not all Selena Volpatties, you know, and she would put it in a context of, of, of real estate. They're right. not all Brad Sheehan's. They don't know the business. Right. So right. you're going to go on the board of directors and sit with these coconuts that have, you want to be the guy that's got too much time in their hands because that's what they are. They don't have a political mind. They don't have. And so for the 18,000, you know, a year, I was watching Bart speak the other day. And I'm like, what am I thinking? Because I'm seriously thinking about running for region. Right. Because I know there's this, you know, better Niagara. I know you've had some conversations yes. with them. Again, ideological, and I think it's been hijacked politically now. I think it was a great idea when it started, but I think now maybe not so much. I could be wrong on that because I'm not involved yeah, I at all. Yeah, I haven't followed it that much. But I'm, I'm really struggling with, I care. I want to make a difference. I want to, it's not about the camera. It's not about the ink. No. I want to make a difference, and I feel like I have a political mind. Yes. And that, you know, I, I hope and here we are. bring some value to it. But right. I wonder, I mean, if I could withstand the frustration. And it takes me away from my work, too, right? Like, I yeah, should be selling it's, houses. It's also work, right? Oh, yeah. And it takes a, me uh, away from the work that pays. <laughs> that pays. The, the one that you make a living with? $18,000 a year. Like, sell me on why I should take this jump. Because, <laughs> why? It's beguiling. I guess that's a word I would use. Okay, explain that to me a little bit. Um, I've heard it, but I'm not sure I'm yeah, familiar it, with it the meaning. It works on you in strange ways. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean. Strange. Because somebody calls you evil. and says, Selena, I need a house. I don't have any money. I owed back rent the last place I live. I know I've been a really bad boy. Can you help me, please? And I can. You know, it makes it all worth it. You know what? And my mother would say, when I was down in the dumps and broke, no matter how old I was, here's 30 bucks. I want it back this time. She never got it back. <laughs> of course. Here's 30 bucks. I want it back this time. Now stop feeling sorry for yourself and get out there and go do something for someone else. It's not about you. It's not about you. And politics isn't about you. I think a lot of our politicians have forgotten that. I wonder if I would forget that too once I got there. Not if um, you're open to having people come to you with their problems. Because as soon as you hear someone else's problem, 
you forget yourself. Mm. And you forget the fact, well, you know, I didn't have applesauce today or I forgot my breakfast or whatever it is. When somebody says to you, I can't make the rent, or if you increase those taxes by 1% more, my wife and I are going to have to go into a nursing home, or stuff like that. And it's not that I can change the world, because obviously that's not going to happen. But one small piece at a time. Your corner of the world, maybe. My corner of the world. Or if I meet um, an immigrant from Peru when she's working at the region cleaning toilets and I walk in and, and I talk to her and she says to me, I can't believe you talked to me. That makes my whole day worthwhile. Mm. I, and I'm not a goody-goody person or a do-good or anything like that. I mean, I'm very selfish. I have my <laughs> my own mistakes and problems in my life but that's why I'm there and Wayne Thompson said that to me first council meeting I ever attended he was my mayor he's a lawyer isn't he no okay he was he worked at the region for 28 years in public health okay he was who's, a, who's the lawyer at regional council I'm getting mixed up with then um Wayne Redekop. Oh, okay, that's Wayne right. Thompson. Thompson. Okay, said, Thompson's in Niagara Falls. Yes. Oh, okay. And he said to former mayor. Former mayor. Is he the guy that stands up and says the best mayor in Niagara Falls yeah, over the in front one, of me? Yeah, okay, one, I got that's it. The one. <laughs> and he was my mayor the first time I got on. And how many terms were you at city council? Um, I was there from two thousand from nineteen ninety four to two thousand and six. Wow, twelve years. Yeah, is that twelve? Ninety four. To 06. To, oh, yeah. 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 12 years. So, so back then there were two-year terms. When I started, it was two years, then it went three, and then four. Uh -huh. But I remember him saying to three new counselors, in my experience, the primary reason that people get into politics is because they want to be of service to the public. It's mm -hmm. for public service. Mm -hmm. And it's, I found that maybe a lot of them change on the way. Maybe. But you have to keep that. You're there to serve the people who pay your way. Yeah, you would think there wouldn't be anyone that says, I'm going to, well, I mean, there is a career in politics, too. I guess if you work your way up, you can get yourself a pretty good job with a really fat pension, I guess. Oh, but maybe you work your way up and you can make more good things happen. Mm hmm Amen. Oh, Selena. Well, that was an hour and a half. It was. It was. Uh -huh. oh it was 4.24 already. Really? We had some people. How uh, could you put up with me for that long? Oh, I think you're a great conversation. And I told everyone you steamrolled me the last time. I steamrolled you? I thought you did. I wasn't prepared for your strength. And you came oh. in and you, I was going after Carmen and you're like, Ah, a committee. <laughs> Seriously? Did she just say that to me? You just, <laughs> Yeah. And you're, there's, I, I have a lot of time for people that have leadership and, uh, and powerful personalities, and, and uh, you're one of them. I don't agree with you all the time. I never no. agree with anyone all the time, but I get a lot of time, especially, you know, it's, it's good to see a woman that can stand her ground and will say, fuck no, you're not going to push me around, and I know what I'm talking about, and I'll stand here if it takes us till three in the morning, you know, so. And I'll listen. And uh, I was really proud of what you did with the code of conduct. I was kind of glad it didn't go, but I was proud of how you tore it apart. And just watching the liberals squeam, maybe the old guard of the liberals, and yeah. like, they were squirming to a point where they were not comfortable. And that won my respect. Even Barrett kind of got me my respect somehow. I'm not sure how. Tony Quirk came on. 
a guy I'd never met before. Very principled. And talks so frankly and, and oh. just matter of fact. And, you and know, bright. I thought he was pretty bright, but... You and know, David? No, no. How I can... I mean, David, I joke. Yeah, I told him even the Pee Wee Hermans and the haircut jokes. You know, but, <laughs> um, yeah, he's the, there's a lot of people that have uh, come around. And, you know, I always like Bart. I joke with Bart. I thought Bart was going to beat... Uh, Gates last time I told Gates that I said, you know, that was a that was a by election. I think he's got your number this time around. And I remember he coming into the washroom at uh Club Roma and I like Gates too. I mean he's Yeah, he's you know, okay. He doesn't hold anything, you know. He, I remember him coming into the washroom at Club Roma and going, Hey, he thought I was gonna lose, eh? Yeah. You told me I was gonna lose. You told me Bart <laughs> was gonna win. <laughs> Is this thing off? No. No really. Oh, we're still recording? Oh yeah, really. Okay. Yeah, no. I I have great respect. Tony's and I sit beside each other. I saw that. <laughs> and I'm like his mother, right? And His liberal mother. His liberal mother. <laughs> his liberal mother is conservative mother. And he said, well, you're going to know. you got a liberal right beside you. She <laughs> keeps you in check. That's what he said on my show. He, like, we're going to a conference, so we travel together. He right. takes care of my suitcases. He takes Great. care of the driving. He's, well, he should. He's very, very good to me. He's mm -hmm. really a very, very sweet guy. Bart is... You know, Bart and I have dates. He calls me and says, you want to go out to this? We'll go together. He comes to my door. He knocks on the door. He comes in the house. Just <laughs> too much. It's over the top. Yeah. <laughs> They're great guys. Yeah. A lot. What's that word again? A lot of respect. Mm-hmm. Who you, who, what's, uh, you got your ear to ground for who's going to run for chair? Well, I'm sure Al will. I mean, I'm thinking that he yeah, will. I, I think he was cooked that day that Andy pressed a reply all with that nudie. Oh, no, the standard calls it porn. Oh, porn. I know porn. That ain't it. <laughs> and I fell for it, too. I said, I'm going to sign all my emails from now on with the pornographic image. Yes. I'm like, wait a second. I saw the image. That ain't porn. That, that's not porn. <laughs> Porn's designed to arouse you, and that was not arousal. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I imagine that he, and other than that, I just... Dave's name's been thrown around quite a lot. He, it has. He wouldn't uh, comment on it. Bob said he doesn't know. Um, Bob Gale? Yeah, well, he's got the money, probably. If anyone's got the money and, yes. and made a name for himself, you'd think he'd be one of them. I but heard, he has uh, a wife. <laughs> true enough. Um, Damien Goldberg? I've heard that too. That I Dame. just heard that recently. The floated. Dame of course, Dame. you always hear Debbie Zimmerman and whatnot, but I wonder. I don't much... know. She's got a good job. I, I don't see that. Yeah, I I have just no idea. Mm -hmm. Wide open game. I'd love to do it, but I'd like to run with the platform that in two terms my job will cease to exist. Oh right. I'm I'll, I'll run for chair with the idea that I want to disband the region completely. <laughs> well, what do you think about decentralization just go you know make the region a service provider we don't need governance we don't need the mayors we don't need the integrity commissioners any of this crap we can do garbage wastewater policing nice. public health and a couple other things from a very small board of directors that just manages money you know what And I, I like the Berkeley report I don't know whether you've read it it's probably 25 years old now. a long time now. ago, yeah. But it, it was three cities. Oh, right. And it's one that I really favor. Mm. That model I really like. Like it was an excellent report. It was the recommendation after months of study. 
Really? Yes. So the river cities. Right. Niagara Falls, Fort Erie, Niagara Lake. Makes sense, kind of. Right. Welland, which would be all the south, Port Colborne, Wingfleet, you know, that area. You're going to throw Thorold in with those guys? No, St. Catharines, Thorold is a natural fit, I think. Mm -hmm. St. Catharines, Thorold, Lincoln, and West Lincoln. Hmm. Interesting. But then we get we get bogged down in a governance debate. Well, how about Andy's uh, motion about um, referenda? I loved it. Non-binding plebiscite that takes the pulse of the electorate or plebiscite, or right on the ballot every time we vote. Do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want this? I'm surprised that. And he said, or no, I think um, Tony said, or one of the guys that came on, maybe it was Sandy, said that that died just because it was Andy's motion. It was a great idea, but Andy brought it, and there were so many people in the room at that time that just did, wouldn't yeah. vote and anything down. And that happens with, although I tend not to agree with him. I don't like government by referenda. Um, I can see some issues. Like, governance is probably one mm -hmm. that I would have put there. But then how do you word a question like that? Like, mm -hmm. that's really, really difficult. Um, I don't know. It's not something that appeals to me. Hmm, interesting. So I status quo? We've uh, got what we've got. It works the way it works. We'll just leave it the way it is. Because but we haven't left it the way it is. because Governance-wise, we have. Well, now we have an elected chair, and that really... Well, that would shut down our throat, so... Well, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. We probably have something else going to be forced upon us. Some government on the way out? <laughs> Well, because it has to be on the way out. We know that you know Harris had his amalgamization. And you know what Bart says about that? Bad move. Worst thing they ever did. And there, now there's people de-amalgamating. Like it's not always the answer. It never saves any money. I'm not a I'm not a one Niagara guy. I never have been. In no. fact, I'm the opposite. I'm decentralization. I think that we waste a lot of time and money and resources at the region that could simply be put towards. If we didn't have a governance body at the region, how much money could we save? And it's not only, it, all right, money's important, and I, mm. I agree with that. But it's the quality of life and how much Absolutely. influence you think on you, that you have as an individual. on Or a government in your life. Yeah. For me, yeah. I don't know. I like the Berkeley report. I always have. Mm -hmm. um, I think at some point at the region, we're going to have to come to terms with it. We might have to waste a whole lot of Wow. Well, hopefully we'll be gone by then. Thank you very much. I appreciate the Thank time. You. Good handshake, too. Selena Volpatti. Uh, I appreciate some... your interest. All right. Yeah, I can't look away. And I, I wish simply, it would run for the region. I simply can't. Well, somebody's going to have to sell me a little harder on that. Well, look at the wonderful life I lead. Uh, <laughs> that's not it. That's not going to do it for me. It won't. It I love you. I love you, but that ain't going to do it. That doesn't cut it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> turn these things off. Thanks for watching, everyone. We're out of here. And I'm finished.